Hello, everybody, and welcome to With That Said, the podcast focused on helping God millennials through corporate culture. I'm your host, Amira Lawson. I know what you're thinking. It's not every day that you come across a podcast focused on helping millennials in corporate America. I mean, nine times out of 10, we've all heard numerous podcasts teaching us how to become an entrepreneur or how to get your life, but not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. I mean, it's hard work. Some of us have families or other responsibilities that simply just don't allow us to take that risk. Some of us, including me, just want to figure out how to get in the machine and come out better on the other side. As a 10-year veteran in this corporate game, I've somehow managed to survive, and some might even say thrive. So sit back and relax as I take you through this journey through corporate culture, one conversation at a time. Oh, and just so you know, all the stories you hear may or may not be my own, but the views expressed always are. We'll have guests, interviews, and even listener letters to help address some of the questions you might have. So if you want to join the conversation or if you have questions, feel free to email me at withthatsetpodcast at gmail.com. I really can't wait to hear your stories and give you some advice. With that said, let's get into the conversation. Mic check one, two, one, two. All right, now that we're live, our first segment's going to be understanding what motivates you at work. Understanding what motivates you at work is a critical predecessor in determining how you should approach your work and forge forward towards success in the workplace. I mean, not everybody's motivated by the same thing, but in order to be successful, you have to have a keen sense of self-awareness and be prepared to be brutally honest with yourself about who you are and what makes you successful or in the contrast, cherry, why you aren't successful. Psychologist David McClelands has a theory on needs, which states that an individual's specific needs are acquired over time and are shaped by their own life experiences. For most human beings, their needs, as they relate to their position in the workplace, can be classified in three categories, achievement, affiliation, or power. So let's get into our first personality type, those that are achievement motivated, <coughs> like me. <coughs> I mean, we're going to be driven by our desire for mastery. We like working on tasks that are seemingly difficult, but we also want the outcome to be the result of our own hard work rather than luck. We don't necessarily like group work, and we can sometimes feel nervous about other people's ability to pull their weight. I mean, we don't like leaving things to chance, and we prefer predictability over good old-fashioned faith. We need constant feedback about our work and are always focused on constant improvement. On the contrary, there are employees who are affiliation motivated and they are typically driven by their desire to create and maintain social relationships. These people are the life of the party. They enjoy belonging to the group and they want to feel loved and accepted. I mean, you'll usually find these people at the water cooler or hopping from cube to cube, asking everyone about their weekend. I mean, come on, we all have a Cheryl in the office that comes by and says, come on, I want to see Timmy's first tooth, or can I see some photos of your last vacation? And how'd your son do on his football game? And for the first five minutes, or maybe even 10, we're basking in Cheryl's light. We're like, yo, wow, Cheryl's awesome. She's so excited about Timmy's first tooth. 
But after about 10 minutes, you're probably thinking, okay, Cheryl, we've got shit to do. There's a meeting in 10 minutes and a project due next week. But like Cheryl, affiliated types get easily distracted. It can lose sight of their daily goals and responsibilities. These people, though, are generally well-liked around the office and when applied correctly can make everyone feel appreciated and they are a true asset to company culture. But they can sometimes make people feel outcasted who don't share in their common personality. And lastly, we have those who are strongly power motivated. I mean, these people are driven by their desire to influence, teach, and encourage others. They enjoy working in a place that places a high value on discipline. And they don't like lazy people or slackers. And they probably cringe at the sight of the water cooler chatter. I mean, these are going to people that see Cheryl coming and they go bolting the other way. In fact, if the water cooler chatter goes on too long, you might see them sucking their teeth or rolling their eyes. <laughs> they might even be tempted to call HR. I mean, ultimately, these power-driven people want to win, and they want to win by any means necessary. Step in the way of their shining light, and they may cast you out to Gullah Gullah Island. These people can sometimes also find receiving feedback difficult. Mm, they might even have some feedback for the feedback giver. Let's say you've decided, like me, you're achievement-motivated. You completely understand that you're the master of your own destiny and the captain of your soul. You know that if a project comes your way and it's put in your hands, it's going to go well and it's going to be done on time. But here's the downside. We might not make good managers for a few reasons. One, we're not that trusting. And leadership, if anything, requires a ton of trust. And two, we tend to worry what others think about us because we need to make sure we're doing things the right way. This can sometimes hold you back or make you fearful about making decisions and tough decisions can sometimes have a huge impact on the company's bottom line. Now let's say you decided that you're power motivated. That means you're ruthless. You're a threat and you're a politically savvy beast. You avoid menial projects at work and you head straight for the big player work. You are able to find a company's biggest gaps and you are able to help close them. But here's the downfall. Those who are power motivated are playing a zero sum game. In a group, even if there's one goal, one mission, one task, they'll somehow find a way to make someone the loser. It's not because there is a loser, but because people who are power motivated are assassins. Their approach to group work or any work generally means that if they're the winner, there needs to be a loser. People can sometimes feel afraid of these power motivated individuals, particularly in group exercises. I mean, come on, we've all been in a group and we had that one person that you're kicking the other person under the table like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. Yeah, if you've been the victim of the don't say anything to person, then you're power motivated and you're a ticking time bomb. I mean, between you and I, the power motivated person is usually the smartest person in the group. But you don't need to let everyone know it every single time. And lastly, we have our affiliation motivated people. That's right, I'm talking about you. Come here, come here, a, a little closer. Okay, hon, give me a hug, give me a hug. Uh. Now go, now go take your ass back to work. This company's got shit to do and we got shit to get done. I mean, 
for those people, I give you the advice of giving yourself 10 minutes a day to do some water cooler dance and then get back to it. I mean, your promotion is on the other side of your seemingly lazy behavior. I mean, seriously, now that the jokes are over, people who are affiliation motivated aren't necessarily lazy. They need, they just need to get their energy out and ensure that they have enough, you know, kumbaya within the office place. However, these people can sometimes have amazing qualities. Like they know when everyone's birthday is, including the CEO. And they probably got their promotion because they stayed later to play that extra round of golf. These people can accelerate extremely fast in the workplace because they are very well liked. I mean, they usually hitch their wagons to the top people at the organization and they know how to get ahead. The problem though is they got ahead because they're liked, not necessarily because they're that good at their jobs. So usually when that happens, once the person who promoted them get, resigns or gets let go, you usually find these show ponies following right after them. Ultimately, the acquired needs theory states that you don't necessarily have to fall into one of these categories. In fact, I recommend you don't. The best and most effective people in the workplace understand that it is the unique combination of all of these qualities that makes you successful. Like for me, I understand that some days I gotta be 40% affiliation and 60% power. I gotta walk into that office in my suit and say, hi Cheryl, let me see Timmy's first tooth. And I gotta mean it. I mean, I gotta really mean it. And then I gotta be cutthroat in the meeting in the next 20 minutes after that. I mean, the ultimate goal is to take a look at your organization to understand who the power players are at the top of the organization and what qualities do they possess? What value can you bring to the organization and how can you morph yourself in different social settings to be exactly what the company needs at that particular time? Once you understand how to separate your pie and what you need to be successful, you can do anything in corporate America. And with that said, I look forward to seeing you in the next conversation. Peace.